Hello and welcome to the 12th episode of the Leadership and Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and today we're joined with by the, an absolute fantastic guest, Joseph DiCiano. Joseph is a, um, he has a PhD in leadership and management, and he's the author of the Busy Leader's Guide to Caring Leadership. So Joseph, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Um, so what I want to start off with is um, just sort of start off with by asking a bit more about your background and sort of how you got into leadership and uh, what is your sort of connection to construction? Happy to share. So everyone always says they took a, a backwards route to get to where they are today. So I think it's more typical to have an atypical route to where you are today. And for me, that's very much the case. Uh, I started out my career in the construction industry. Uh, and then uh, when the housing market uh, went out here in the United States, transitioned into the restaurant industry, worked uh, my way up that industry into leadership roles, uh, and then uh, decided to uh, drop everything and join the military, uh, where I was also exposed to a lot of different leadership practices, did some training with special forces here, uh, and then uh, changed uh, my whole focus again into the business world, into HR, into leadership, uh, really following the path of leadership into what I do now uh, with UPMC and talent management and organizational development, um, focusing on leadership, the science of leadership, the art of leadership. I teach uh, a people analytics course at University of Pittsburgh and now also have uh, the book uh, that's a focus on leadership as well. Uh, it sounds like it's an absolute busy time for you at the moment. Is that right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's a very busy time and uh, a lot of opportunities to stretch out of my comfort zone and to meet new people and network and uh, opportunities like this, uh, which I look forward to. Fantastic. And, um, uh, you know, really what drew, drew me to wanting to connect with you and, and do this podcast was about your book. But be, before we sort of get into that, I want to sort of just bit a bit more understanding, really, of what it is about leadership that you're sort of drawn to, um, you know, so. For me, like leadership is a passion of mine. I'm, I'm really sort of drawn to having great conversations with great people about uh, leaderships and different aspects of leadership. And uh, I'll be honest, you know, I'm just on the start of my journey of, of, of becoming a leader. And, and so you do this as a science, you know, with your PhD. And so I'm really sort of curious about the science behind it and and really what 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 drove you into it and your your interest in it. For me, it comes down to impact. You know, there are leaders out there in a variety of capacities in the workplace, uh, in their, their normal day-to-day -day lives, and the impact that they can have on others uh, is tremendous. Um, you know, whether that's a positive impact uh, or a negative impact uh, is to be determined. Um, but, you know, what, what drives me and my passion for leadership is to, to help folks uh, understand different ways that they can make that impact be positive and to really understand uh, the true responsibility that is leadership, particularly in the workplace. Uh, folks might spend more time at work uh, every single week than they do with their families. Uh, so, you know, that is a huge undertaking for leaders within the workplace to make sure that they're helping uh, folks realize their full potential. Uh, so really, for me, it ties back to the impact um, that folks can have as leaders and the impact that I can have on helping them uh, be better leaders. Mm. I mean, I totally agree with that. If, if you don't execute leadership in the correct way, it can really 
impact ne negatively on the people that you're leading, but also on yourself. Um, what, what, what do you think to that? You know? Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, whenever you see uh, a negative leader, you might not always necessarily know uh, what it is that they're doing uh, wrong, but you can always feel it. And mm. the people that follow them uh, and their employees feel it as well. And it has negative impacts on, on their life. Uh, so it's, it's important to make sure that we stress the importance of leadership uh, and the impact that you can have on, on folks' lives. Um, and so your work with uh, UPMC, um, do you lot, do a lot of consulting to other businesses in terms of um, helping them with leadership and leading teams and whatnot? Yeah, as a shared service, you know, we have uh, a responsibility to HR to help uh, arm them with the tools and resources on the front lines dealing with the leaders uh, to ensure that they have all of the information uh, and the awareness and the tactics to address it. And then you know, the business leaders are also our customers and we need to make sure that uh, we're doing everything we can to spread our impact uh, and make it scalable uh, to the leaders in the organization as well as HR as our two customer groups primarily. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it might be a difficult question, but is there a particular um, time where you find it difficult to get the message of leadership across in these consultations? Absolutely. I think our leaders, um, you know, at UPMC and healthcare and leaders, honestly, in every field, in every fashion, uh, you know, they're stretched thin and they're incredibly busy uh, and they don't always have time to focus on things like leadership. So, you know, our job as leadership uh, practitioners and scholars is to continually do what we can to, to find ways to stress the importance of it and understand their realities as well so that the recommendations we're making aren't falling on deaf ears. Um, instead, we're helping them navigate the complex uh, and incredibly busy world uh, that they navigate in every day. Uh, there's a saying out there uh, uh, talking about busy leaders that says, you know, business is busyness. Uh, and to me, uh, I think uh, really uh, that couldn't be farther from the truth uh, because we're talking about people and their lives and, the, and their work uh, and their passions and emotions and the impact that they have on organizations and customers that they support in those organizations or in healthcare patients. Um, so our job is to help them realize that business is not busyness. Uh, business is people and how you treat people really matters. Absolutely. I think if you've got a great sort of workforce, highly motivated, really inspired, really thinking on the, for themselves and on their own feet, it can only mean great things for the business, not just for the culture, but for the bottom line as well. You know, if, if a lot of driven by profits and deadlines and, you know, having a great workforce and a great team uh, drives that bottom line, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it makes the leader's job easier. You know, it's mm -hmm. a lot of work to be a good leader. Uh, and to spend the time and effort and energy that it takes to be a great leader. Um, but if you are doing the right things, then your team will be performing and that will make your life a little bit easier uh, as a leader because you're preparing, you're helping them realize their full potential and they're engaged and they're not leaving the organization, they're staying and they're dedicated to the mission and to the goals of, of the team. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a sort of paradox as well, because, you know, as a leader, I sort of believe that 
you want to um, move people uh, that you, or the people that you're leading through the motions that where they solve the problems on their own. So your job becomes a heck of a lot easier. You're no longer busy doing the job, doing, you know, in my world as an engineer, as a design engineer, I'm not busy trying to solve the problems or trying to do the design. I'm helping and encouraging others. It took me a long time to realize that that became my role. When I started on this leadership journey, it took me a long time to realize that um, in past life, I'd always been very analytical and problem solving. The time now is for me to step away from that and let others do that. And there's a tendency for more not want to do that because they might fail. What if they fail? What if they get it wrong? Like, well, that's okay. It's okay if they get it wrong because they're learning, they're still learning. That's the whole idea. And it took me ages to learn that sort of the hard way. Um, and and I, th I think that's sort of the idea, isn't it? To, to, to not be busy with that. But I mean, like on a daily basis, I think I'm faced more with people's confidence issues. Like everybody I speak to has the answers for themselves. I never tell them the answer. They know the answer. And what I try and do is just ask intelligent questions, ask questions that they need to ask themselves. And then hopefully over time, they don't need me anymore. And and <laughs> I'm out of a job now. I mean, you know, is is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, what you said, just asking questions. And that's a coaching mentality and it helps them solve the problems for themselves. And you know, I talk about uh, the concept of letting go in the book and what you talked about is really transcending as a leader um, out of the blender and into the helicopter, so to speak, where you're not in the daily grind of the blender where you can't see what's going on from a higher level. And it doesn't mean that as a leader, you should never be in the details because, you know, the details are where the work is. Uh, it just means that as a leader, you need to be able to, to do both. Um, know when to go in the blender and 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 help and and um, get involved, and when to step back and and go into the helicopter and and look at the strategic view of what your team is doing and how you can help remove barriers and obstacles that can make that blender run more efficiently. Yeah, that's a great analogy. That's 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 fantastic. You sort of really visualize that and. Uh, I had a, an encounter a couple of weeks ago um, uh, where somebody got stuck in the snow in the car, which I won't go into now because it's a long story. Um, but you very much, as you said, you've got to know when to step in to help and know when you need to take a step back. And as I say it, it took me a, it took me a long time to sort of uh, understand that and and to really sort of say I don't want to say let people fail, but you know. Um, not expect them to get it right first time and, and to let that be okay because it's all part of a learning process. And part of that um, is, is about just sort of setting the right environment for people to sort of feel safe enough to sort of fall without judgment and without criticism. Is that right? Absolutely. Psychological safety, I think, is incredibly important in building trust. And, you know, everybody's... Uh, everybody's different, you know, so it's sort of like their personal fingerprint of the magic that works for them as leaders. But, you know, that's what I talk about in, in my book uh, about caring leadership is a leader that can take the time to get to know their people, know what makes them tick, know when it's okay to let them fail, when it's okay not to, and, and continually build that trust bank so that you're building folks who can think for themselves, who can have autonomy, uh, and then that makes your job as a leader a little easier and it makes your team infinitely um, higher performing than it was before. Mm. So, and um, before we really get into to 
you know, your book and that. Um, I want to start it off with um, why is caring as a leader important? Why should leaders care? Yeah, and that was a question that I fumbled with uh, in the research for the book up front was initially I wasn't going down the road of caring, but through interviews and through focus groups and through research, I kept seeing caring pop up time and time again. You know, and you look at all of the, the research that's out there on trust and on giving feedback and creating psychological safety. Um, the concept of caring really emerged as the root cause for all of those things. You know, I could uh, try uh, very hard to build trust with you, but until you feel that I care about you as a person and I fully embraced you as a person, you're going to be uh, less reluctant to trust me. Um, you know, the same could be said for things like engagement uh, and loyalty and dedication is really caring helps you form that bond uh, that makes all of those other things possible. And then that's why I chose to focus on caring was because caring is the root to all of those other great things that um, are backed by research that show that lead to effective performance and effective leadership. I think I really do agree with you because uh, uh, when when things were going wrong f for me in terms of as being as my role as leader, I cared that I, enough that I'd said I need I recognised I needed to do better for the people, also for the projects I was working on and, and for myself. Um, I think there's a resistance sometimes to care almost too much in a way that it. So for some people, I might be wrong, you can tell me otherwise, um, but for some people, if they're in a leadership position and uh, they seem to sort of care uh, in a way that uh, they feel obligated to try and solve the problem. So if they're trying to listen or talk to them about their issues and, and, and really care about it, then they feel like they're, oblig they're obligated to solve that. I mean, is that fair or have I missed it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and I, I'm not a parent myself, but I use a parent analogy here. Um, you know, whenever I talk about caring leadership is, you know, uh, if you think about um, your children, right, there are going to be times whenever they may fail and that will be okay. And you maybe could have stepped in and stopped it, but what valuable lessons would have been lost if you had done that? Uh, and if you're continually uh, stepping in to solve those problems or prevent them from failing, then they won't know how to fail. They won't know how to fall down and get back up and they won't build that resilience. And, you know, that's part of caring. And, and in the book, I do talk about the concept of being both tough and kind. And just because I'm tough on someone uh, doesn't mean that I don't care for them because, you know, maybe there's some valuable lessons that could be learned. Uh, through that toughness, and that toughness is caring in its own way. Mm. Absolutely. And so you may have already sort of slightly touched on this, but what was your inspiration for the book? Why did you sort of feel the need to write write this book about busy leaders? Uh, my inspiration uh, is multifaceted. So one, uh, seeing somebody who is experiencing bad leadership and a leader that does not care um, and the amount of empathy that I practice, it weighs on, you know, and I think if there's something that I can do to prevent that, uh, and if there's something that I could do to make that person's life, life better by helping their leader be a more caring leader, then I would like to do it. 
Um, I talk a little bit about in the book about the concept of bullying as well. And I, I view bad leaders uh, in a way as bullies, you know, because they have this massive impact on the lives of, of their employees and the workplace. Um, and uh, if they're not practicing caring leadership, then they could be taking advantage of that and having a negative uh, impact on their employees' life. Uh, and that's something um, going back as far as elementary school that I've always uh, strived to do is standing up to bullies and, um, you know, in, ensuring that I, I can do anything in my power to help and make sure that folks are not being mistreated and that they're having the best experience possible. That doesn't mean that it's always soft all the time. Uh, it just means that uh, when there is toughness and there are difficult times, it's through the guise of caring and not through the guise of other things that I talk about in the book, like ego or protection or insecurity and those type of things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, talk me through that. What is the uh, book about? The book is, is uh, about a couple of things. One is introducing the concept of caring leadership, not as this be all end all practice, but using caring as a lens through which you can lead folks. So all people add value and are important enough to be cared for and about. Uh, and really uh, what that means is just making the workplace more human, recognizing that we're people, we lead people, we should all treat each other like people through the lens of caring and compassion and kindness and empathy. And I even use a formula uh, where I bring empathy in, where I talk about empathy, you know, the ability to understand and share in another's thoughts, feelings, and emotion um, alone. Empathy is not enough. You know, I could empathize with you and I could say, oh, well, I empathize and I feel what you feel. Um, but that to you doesn't add value unless I actually act on it. Uh, and the formula is empathy plus caring action equals compassion. And compassion is what leads to so many positive things in the workplace. Uh, and empathy alone without that action, uh, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't translate to anything for you uh, to make you feel better, just to know that I'm feeling a little bit of your pain. I actually need to act on that and to show that I care and then continually reinforce that. You know, a lot of people use leadership behaviors and practice and, and liken it to working out or muscles that need to be exercised. Uh, I look at it more as uh, a system of checks and balances, and it's a bank. And through caring action, I can show empathy and compassion to you. And each time that I do that, I'm building into the bank of caring, which makes you more likely to trust me, more likely to stay, more likely to work hard, uh, and more likely um, to be a positive contributor to the team and eventually grow on to, to be a leader yourself. And then to take those practices and multiply them by using them in your own leadership um, practice. Uh, you know, I like the fact there's a formula in that because there's not a lot of books or leadership books with formulas. And as an engineer, anything with a formula is, is fantastic. Um, so thanks for putting that in there. Um, so what I wanted to understand is, you know, in terms of, is the ways and how you care, you know, um, because it, it must be something that with team members and people that has to build up over time, I would imagine. I mean, I can probably think of, of, of times with, uh, within um, 
my career and within teams that I work in where I've, I've shown that I care. Um, it, is there any examples in the book or any um, things on how to show how to care? Yeah, every chapter ends with prescriptive recommendations of how you can show up in a more caring way. And, you know, as I talk about this with leaders, I have to be careful because I never want to, I never want them to think that I'm making the assumption that they don't care because typically leaders do care. They're just not fully making the connection to how they're showing up every day in caring ways. Um, and the book starts off very basic by talking about just remembering little details about people that continually reinforce that they matter. And if you're leading folks in the workplace and you have to continually remind them that you have two children or that your favorite restaurant is this or that your birthday is on this date, right? What so, your name is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It starts with re remembering key details and reinforcing those and doing little things like calling people by their name and not walking around the hallways of the workplace with your head down, acknowledging people, smiling. And then as the book goes on, it becomes much more complex where I go into different categories talking about feedback and how you can give feedback in, in a caring way that I call carefrontation uh, or coaching uh, and using the yes and uh, concept or um, thinking about things like how uh, you consume change as a team and how important trust and hope are in the change um, process um, that wouldn't be present without you reinforcing them through caring action and through proving that you are embracing your employees' full selves, hence increasing the likelihood that they're going to bring them, their full selves to the work that is being done every day. Um, and then inherently within all of that is the I versus we dynamic that exists too, is the more that you show caring repeatedly to, to your staff and to employees, the more that their mindset will shift away from the I to the we, so that collectively as a team, you're performing at the highest level. There's some really great stuff in that. I mean, one thing I want to really talk to you about uh, Caretation. I think that's that's a, not a phrase I've heard before, so I really want to ask you about that. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to just be, to back up a bit as well about in terms of caring is about taking a real sort of genuine interest as well. Uh, like um, in in, I try to take an hour out of my day to speak to one or two people within my team about non-work related things. So I mentioned earlier that I've got a good friend who's Italian. Um, from Rome and uh, we, we've grown, you know, um, to a, a really great friendship, but he's one of my team team members. And, uh, you know, we'll call up and we'll just talk about Italian food and Italian culture and how it differs from what I do with my family. Um, and really just genuinely taking an interest and actually trying to help me learn a little bit of Italian as well. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of thing, you know, and, um, you know, we really do just talk as human beings. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll be honest right now, you know, we're not on the same project, we're barely on the same team, but I still call him up ever so often, just check in, say, how are you getting on? You know, how's your wife? How's your kids? How are the kids getting on with um, homeschooling and stuff like that? And um, we have some really great conversations. And I do that with pretty much absolutely everybody within my team. I just give them up a, a call and, and find out how things are going in their daily lives. Like I was talking to one of my colleagues about his new car he was get buying and then we we're talking about cars for like 20 minutes and stuff. 
Um, and I do really, I think that stuff is important. And we talk about busy leaders. I, I honestly think that you're never too busy to take a little bit out of time out of your day to speak to someone and really just find out how they're really, how they're doing really. Um, one of my friends, a guy called Paul, and when he, he said to me that uh, he has three questions he asks, which is, how are you? How are you really? No, really, how are you? And, and really just to sort of really understand how they're getting on um, because every, you know, the first answer is never uh, an honest answer until you really get into it. Uh, and I think that's, that's really, really important. Um, so that's sort of like how I relate in terms of caring. I really do try and take a bit of time out of my day to, to spend with people. And I don't believe I'm too busy. In fact, uh, you know, I'll work longer hours. If I need to work a bit into the evening or wake up a bit earlier to do an extra hour of work so that I can spend that time during the working day with my team members, then I think it's valuable, to be honest. I think they value it. I think they'd like the time to talk about things. And I'm genuinely interested. Um, so I, I, the aspect you started talking about in terms of uh, caretation, is that the right? Is that, am I saying it right? Carefrontation. Can you tell me a bit more about that then? Yeah, and uh, the term actually, uh, I had to dig deep to find out where the term came from. Uh, a colleague and a mentor of mine uses that, and I wanted to find the root cause for that term. Uh, and I had to dig deep into uh, the psychology literature to find it. And it's a child psychologist that talks about the way that you give and receive feedback um, can be adjusted, right? That doesn't mean to soften the language. It doesn't mean to celebrate all of the wins. But the way that feedback is often viewed in the workplace is very negative. Um, and whenever your boss comes to you and says, hey, Michael, I have some feedback for you, you know, immediately, you know, the dopamine starts going in your brain and you start to get anxiety and you start to get into a fight or flight mode, you know, and part of it is changing the way that the term feedback uh, is viewed and viewing feedback as a gift. But the way that that happens is through repeated caring interactions, care frontation, where you receive feedback, positive, negative, neutral, et cetera, that helps you grow and progress as a professional and as an individual. Um, so the exact science of care frontation will differ from person to person, but you know, giving feedback in a way that shows that you care without damaging relationships is incredibly powerful and it creates trust and psychological safety and so many other things. I, I, two things in that, that I really do really agree with. So the first one is that um, I find in the past that some people have been so scared of confrontation that they don't want to give feedback or they're scared of giving feedback. And sometimes if they do give feedback, it comes off all wrong. Not, not what it was meant to be, not um, sending the message out correct. Uh, and so I think that's that can be damaging. You can you can tell me right or wrong in a second. But but the other thing is um, about how you approach uh, care confrontation is uh, like for, for me. Uh, I, I you're absolutely right. The minute I uh, I spend most of my time reviewing drawings uh, that are going out to clients and reviewing uh, reports as well. And um, as when I was the reciprocant comments it was always i hated it because it was always came back with lots of red pen change this do that and it by the end of it most of the time it wasn't really my work at all it was you know designed by um you know um a group sort of designed it you know um and i knowing that i hate that feeling 
I sort of found that the way I, I did that to the people was in the same way. And actually, I think, well, if if that's coming off quite confrontational or, you know, people, as you say, people start to get anxiety and they get this fight or flight, absolutely right. I think my CEO said it really well. Um, if you put um, conflict into intelligent people, you get conflict back. And so if you try to question somebody's actions or why they did something like that or criticize something, they're just going to come back and try and debate it with you. And I, I don't want to do that. So I, I made this decision that whenever I'm reviewing a piece of work, I try to ask more questions than anything else. So I don't want to direct people into doing things. Um, I want to ask questions, but not in a condescending way, like, why did you do it like that? As in, is there a better way we can do phrase that word? Is this the right shade of colour? Could we bring out this colour a bit better? Would that look good? Really sort of along the sort of lines of bringing them into the conversation. These are all your decisions. I'm not making these decisions for you. This is all your way of doing it. Um, but I'm just going to try to like nudge a little bit. I sort of find that that's caring because I really care about your opinion on this topic, like your the phrasing of this note on this drawing or the phrasing of this paragraph in the report. I really care about your opinion on it. I'm just wondering, can we phrase it even better? Does the message come across? And then we'll read it together and we'll decide, yeah, okay, we probably could phrase it better. Okay, so what language could you use to phrase it better? So, I mean, is that the sort of caring way you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And I think a lot of people look at feedback and reality as very black and white in terms of feedback. Uh, I view it all as gray area and say, you know, you were showing up in this meeting in a certain way and not attacking them confrontationally to say that that was good and or bad, just saying, hey, have you thought about it this way? Maybe it could have been perceived as this, that, or the other. I know you and I know how you are. So I perceived it in this way, but maybe other folks could have perceived it as this way. And really it's just constantly recalibrating without con confronting them or saying you're doing it wrong or this is the right way to do it. And there are some scenarios where things are black and white in terms of feedback, like in healthcare, for instance, if a patient is involved and the patient could be a danger, right? But typically most things fall into that gray area where one person's idea of what's right is not necessarily always what's right. It's just about helping people realize all of the different perceptions and how all of their different actions could be perceived by others so that you're raising their awareness, right? You're giving them a growth mindset about feedback and how they're showing up in the workplace. Um, and you're giving them that gift. And that's really what carefrontation is about, is understanding that just because something is a certain way, because that's your reality, doesn't mean it's everyone's. So using that gray area to set to ask questions exactly like you said and help them connect the dots about how they're showing up in a caring way or not showing up in a caring way. Yeah. And so back to the other question was, um, you know, uh, being as a leader, being scared of confrontation, therefore withholding back feedback and not, you know, not not wanting to um, be confrontation that I, I found that that can actually be more damaging. It, is that fair to say? Absolutely, because, you know, if the feedback is not shared, it doesn't mean that it's not shared with other folks. You know, everybody knows around the office or around the workplace, 
um, different things about different people and how they're showing up. Um, you know, it's not doing that person or the team or the workplace any any favors by withholding that feedback from them and delivering it to them in a carefrontational kind of way, um, because people are going to be talking about that anyways. You know, they might be at the water cooler. Well, you know, how about that Michael guy and how he's showing up at work that's less than ideal, right? Versus somebody please tell Michael in a productive way, this share this feedback with him so that he can do better. And oftentimes that's what happens within coaching relationships is you'll learn things about leaders that people have been saying already that are realities. It's just nobody took the time to tell that person that feedback. So that person has never been able to adjust. So I honestly feel sorry for the, the person in that situation who's never been told that they should behave differently or that the perception of their how their behaviors is this. Um, so they've never had an opportunity to change it. But if you share that feedback with them in a productive way, then most times um, they're very receptive and they were unaware and they're able to change the behavior and it makes the team better and it creates a psychologically safe space within the team um, that moves the team forward. Mm, absolutely. I, I don't think I could agree more. Um, so we're shortly sort of going to have to sort of bring this to a close, which is a real shame, actually, because this is some really great stuff and the book sounds fantastic. Uh, just before we move on, where can we get the book from? I take it it's on Amazon? Absolutely. You can look on Amazon, just type Caring Leadership and uh, A Busy Leader's Guide to Caring Leadership will be uh, first or second on the page there. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's definitely something I'm going to read and I urge absolutely everybody else to. Um, so what I wanted to do was try something a little bit different that I've never really tried before. So you got to bear with me a little bit. Um, yeah. I was hoping... I wanted to. I wanted you this time to pose a question to me, and a leadership question, not just a question. You know, like you know, favorite football team. You know, <laughs> a leadership question to me. That what I'll do is I'll answer that at the start of the next podcast. Um, is that okay? If you got if you got a question that you could ask me. Absolutely, I'll, I'll definitely create a hot seat for you uh, to begin your next podcast. <laughs> Uh, in the book, I talk about and I use a quote from a book that came out in the early 90s on caring leadership that um, essentially says, you know, people take themselves and the work very seriously, but uh, it's not often that people take their job as leaders seriously. Um, so along those lines, you know, what is it that we can do as leadership scholars, practitioners uh, and fans of leadership um, to help folks realize that their first job, if they're in charge of folks in the workplace, is to be a leader. And then their second job is to do all of the other technical tasks that are there. So essentially getting them to realize that the helicopter is their primary responsibility to lead people and to lead a team. And the blender is their secondary responsibilities. Okay. That's a really good question. I'm definitely going to need about a week to, to, to ponder that one. So that's going to give me some yeah. time. Thank you. That's that's a nice challenging one. I like it. Thank you yeah. so much. And where that's coming from is, you know, through my interviews, I ask, you know, what are your three most important responsibilities every day? And they start rattling off these things. 
you know, and I said, well, if I, if I add a word, what are your three biggest responsibilities as a leader every day? What are those? And they're always different. And my question is, well, you are a leader, right? So why are those different? Mm. Uh, because leadership is your first uh, priority and it mm. should because you're leading people and that's mm. important. And the impact that you have on their lives is important. So, so the question is, uh, how do we get people to realize that leadership is their first role, technically second? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I can answer that. Um, for, for me, I've had a total mind shift change. Uh, I used to spend uh, every day uh, driving, the, if I was in the car, if I was on the train, if I was just trying to like, drift off to sleep or something, trying to solve problems, technical problems, but how how gonna you know make this concrete fit or how you know whatever um but now i spend all my time thinking of well what's the first thing i'm going to do this week or this day uh with this person and how am i going to help motivate them how i'm going to help inspire them to do the tasks that we needed to get them done what tasks have we got to get done um and and how i'm going to get them involved and, and, and feel like they're contributing feel like they're, they're bringing value and if I can do that, I think that then the task looks after itself. So, okay, I think I can answer that. I've not answered it now because it's exactly. Hard. So I need to say how I do that. <laughs> okay. If you were a if you were a gardener and you spent all your time remodeling the greenhouse and not watering the plants, then all of the plants would die. <laughs> so Absolutely. it's helping them realize that their first priority is to water the plants, and then uh, <laughs> the other things um, will come second. Perfect. Thank you very much. Um, so the, the sort of last question I'd like to ask is uh, a question that I ask absolutely everybody is um, what do you think is the most important aspect of leadership? I think it's caring, right? Within your sphere of control, you know, when you think about trust, when you think about performance, productivity, those are loaded things that require a lot uh, of effort to address, right? But the closest thing to your sphere of control as a leader and the thing that you have the most control over every day in your interactions with your employees and with your staff is caring. You can control that. You determine and you can dial up or dial down the amount that you care or not care about your staff and, and realizing the impact that that can have is extremely positive. Um, so caring is the most important aspect of leadership because it leads to so many other great things um, that enhance your team, uh, enhance the organization, the culture and the employee experience that is really the shadow of you as a leader. That's absolutely brilliant. Joseph, it's been an absolute pleasure spending this time with you today and having this great conversation. Um, thank you ever so much. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for the opportunity. Look forward to uh, your thoughts on the book uh, whenever you can get your copy. Absolutely. Thank you so much.